Well, welcome and thanks for coming. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> I titled this talk uh, Toward the Within. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's listened to the Dead Can Dance band uh, a long time ago. Uh, their uh, journey in themselves and, uh, um, and transforming and this uh, is actually one of their album titles. Um, and I, uh, I wanted to just uh, offer some basics and see if I can um, help, uh, I don't know, move uh, and practice, um, offer something to help move your practice deeper. So, um, whether, you, whether you're new to mindful meditation or whether you are close to achieving enlightenment, I invite you to listen with a beginner's mind. For a quote from Shunru Suzuki, uh, the most important part of meditation is to figure out what is the most important part of meditation. <laughs> he's, uh, he's got a few quotes where he's pretty silly, but uh, seems to get to a point. And, um, so I, um, ask yourself, why, why are you here? Why are you meditating? Um, what brings you to come here and, and make that sort of effort, and is it out of uh, refuge uh, for clarity? Um, is it a peace of mind, or um, so there's some brief escape, or uh, or is there an end goal like enlightenment? Um, is it emotional rescue, or or, or more of a refuge where uh, the surroundings are conducive to quieting the mind and and toning down uh, anxiety. Nourishing the capacity for clarity involves bringing up some of your, some room in your mind. <clears throat> you might ask yourself, what are you feeding that is distracting and taking up mental space and time? Playing that mental tape over and over can be really exhausting. Clarity comes to the mind that is not busy, attached, or reaching. The quiet mind offers a relief and an enjoyable place to just mentally be. This place of ease is where more skillful thoughts arise and can be a solid anchor in addition to the breath and posture and contributing to a more engaged focus. <clears throat> so what does enlightenment mean, look like to you? Is enlightenment an achievement accompanied by an aha moment? Or is it an ongoing blossoming of clarity, picking up little gems here and there? When arriving at the real truth, how do you arrive to it? And where did you arrive from? the secondary truth. The idea of what enlightenment looks like shadows enlightenment. The ego is always on the prowl for an object 
to distinguish itself from in order to exist. There's no subject without an object. <clears throat> this secondary perspective is everything that is not enlightenment. The focus should be on what the mind continuously weaves into each moment to better discern what is already there or the ever-present fabricating. I want to read that again. So with the, this ever-present perspective is everything that is not enlightenment. So therefore the focus should be on what the mind continuously weaves into each moment in order to discern better between what is already there or the ever-present fabricating. It's fabricating, not fabrication. Impermanence suggests that each moment evolves from the last. So this secondary mental construct that is continuously becoming and unbecoming can be unconstructed. The question is, am I willing to attach, unattach from those deep-seated political and world views and the inclusive justification, the us and them? You can't have those Blinken Hatfields without those Blinken McCoys. Um, one thing I remember is uh, if ever anybody's ever held like a crystal in their hand and you feel the vibration from it. it, it was a long time in my life before I went into a place. It was in Hot Springs, Common, Montana, at uh, the Zen Cafe, and I picked up a stone and I could feel the vibration, and then I could d definitely feel that this thing was going to flip over. And I wanted to be absolutely convinced, so if it was, it was flipping one way, I, was, I could rotate my hand to the right, and it was, it was still going to move, and I was trying to get witnesses to watch this, too, because it was just amazing. Um, and so in that, in that time, I, wasn't, I discovered I wasn't trying to mentally make that happen. What I was doing was more... Um, it was absolutely 100% the opposite. I was taking my, um, my uh, intention away from there because I, I was more uh, involved in, in the connection and the, the tangible movement and, uh, and, and just seeing this, this wild thing happen and I um, was taking myself out of the picture to, uh, to um, make it happen or to let it, allow it to, uh, without my interference. <clears throat> um, let's see. So when, set, when settling in with a quiet mind, once we've sat and we've kind of balanced our posture and, and, uh, and we've, we're, we've got our breathing and somehow we've, we've managed to quiet um, the mind from the day. I invite you to focus on how the interconnection of these three things show up. Impermanence, each moment evolving from the last, a forming and reforming of each thought, and the interconnection of that with uh, egolessness, egolessness and dukkha, 
the narrative generated by this second perspective. <clears throat> Where does my ego assign labels? At first, in the effort of taking refuge, it may be beneficial to simply apply labels, like anger, for instance, cradling anger, this is me feeling anger, I'm not this feeling, it'll move on. You might be familiar with that, that's a, in, um, suggested in this tradition. Um, eventually you may realize where the ego labeling contributes to the flow of thoughts, where attachment to viewpoints tarnishes clarity. The true wisdom in, of insight arises as the contribution of the ego infinitely tapers. Raw honesty and willingness to unattach. <clears throat> Here's a quote from Dogen, uh, kind of founded Soto Zen back in the early 1200s. Um, <clears throat> when you go into the world and confirm the world with your names for things, that is delusion. When you go into the world and you become the world, there are no names. Then you are confirmed by the world. Moving beyond the soothing quieting of the mind, there is a balance between passive observation and an engaged intuitive focus. In summary, here are some thoughts ponder while practicing. <clears throat> what viewpoints are deeply etched and why? How labeling and unlabeling affects the relation of the self to what is being observed. And don't let the desire to attain or confirm something shadow the real truth. It might already be there. <clears throat> 